Avasti, and welcome to a gay pirate bonus episode in which I read aloud a fanfic that Jesse wrote. This is a Yule bonus to tide you over until our season two debut on January 2nd, and I hope you enjoy it. I loved reading this fic. It's really incredible. I am going to give you some context. So this fanfic is a season one AU that takes place in the His Dark Materials universe, meaning that all of the characters have demons. If you don't know anything about His Dark Materials, you don't need to worry about it. I will tell you the important things right now. So demons are a part of your soul that exist on the outside of your body and are animal shaped and the opposite gender of yourself. They have their own names and sort of their own personalities, even though you and your demon together are one whole being. Um, People can't touch each other's demons. There's a taboo against that. Demons disappear into nothingness when a person dies. They typically can't go more than a few meters away from their person. And cedar makes them tired. I think that that's everything you need to know, and um, I hope that you enjoy it. This fic is incredible. Jesse is such a good writer. I had a lot of fun reading it. You, Yeah, this is a little Yuletide treat. We will be back on January 2nd. As a reminder, you know, you can get more of us all the time on our Patreon. We're doing a big Patreon push right now. So if you've been thinking about it, this is a great time to join Especially if you like what you hear today, because there's a lot more of Jesse's fanfic available there. And also, I read you books on Patreon. So, you know, if you enjoy this, you can have more of both. So that's patreon.com slash hashtag ruthless. Yeah, without further ado, let's get into this story. Cat's Paw by Jesse Blount The Dread Pirate Blackbeard didn't have a demon. Edward Teach... He had a demon, a perfectly normal, stocky, long-haired cat. Well, almost normal. The kraken had nearly ripped his demon away. The result was that his demon could move farther away from Ed than anyone else he'd ever met. It helped his reputation, the fearsome pirate Blackbeard with no demon, or a demon made of smoke and malice or whatever other rot people said about him. M liked it just fine, liked the thrill of fuckery as much as he did. Still... The business of Blackbeard was becoming like the long hours of laundry in his youth, tedious and boring. He couldn't remember the last time he and M had done a fuckery together and enjoyed it. Or enjoyed anything, really. Working up from the lowliest powder monkey to a world-renowned captain should have meant he'd be happy, or at least his own fucking heart would be content. She'd appear by Ed's side and would help him in a fight, but more often than not, she did as she pleased, exploring some curiosity or another, hiding in the shadows below deck or up in the crow's nest, or disappearing inland when they set anchor. She stayed away from him for longer and longer times, and his own dark moods grew. A sort of rage, half envy and half loneliness, pulled at Ed like a riptide, threatening to pull him under. He too wanted something that would cure the tedious slog that his life had become, and he wanted M with him. So when they docked at the Republic of Pirates and Ed tasked Izzy to find this fancy man who had bested his first mate in the most basic of fuckeries, he was not surprised to see M slink off. 
The stabbing fear of her getting caught had ended when his beard was still black. She knew how to take care of herself, how to lie and fight and hide. What he was surprised by was her return, hours after Izzy, fur soaked in seawater. Jackie set him up, Em hissed, leaping into his lap, upsetting the tin of tobacco and hemp leaf he'd been packing into his pipe. Fuck! His demon was twice as heavy when wet. Who? The gentleman pirate. She sold him out to the Spanish. They have a galleon out past the peninsula. We need to leave now or they'll kill him. She took a moment to shake herself off, soaking his shirt and the rest of his leaf. For fuck's sake, you've ruined the whole tin. Izzy didn't say anything about the Spanish, he said as he shoved her and the wet leaves onto the floor. M jumped up on his desk, leaving wet paw prints on the map he'd been pretending to study all afternoon. Izzy didn't see it. I did. Was following him around. Dressed in all white, fanciest coat I've ever seen. Fluffy dog demon. We have to meet him. There was excitement in her voice and a liveliness in her golden eyes. Or maybe it was a reflection of his own excitement. What a way to meet this strange pirate with a battle and a rescue. This gentleman pirate couldn't deny Ed's invitation then. Only half the cargo's unloaded. We won't be able to outrun the Spanish with the extra weight, Ed told her, drumming his fingers on the bowl of his pipe. Not in this wind, but we won't need to. His ship is closer. We'll commandeer it and attack. If it all goes wrong, it won't put us in danger, Em said, like she'd already thought of the reason why Izzy might complain. Like old times, when they'd bounce plans off one another for hours. Get is. Tell him to gather the crew. The Spanish naval ship was all theirs as soon as a cannonball took out the captain, so all Ed had to do was wait until the gangplank was laid. The battle was all smoke, clashing swords, and screaming. M, perched on his shoulder for a better view, leapt onto the deck and disappeared into the smoke to find their man. Fang, Ivan, and some of the others followed behind him, their demons at the ready. The deck was pandemonium, the Spanish running around while Ed's crew cut them down like sugarcane at harvest. A few rangy guys, Bonnet's men, he guessed, were giving it their all, though one boy was crouched behind a beardless fellow who had a fucking black bear at his side. He heard M begin to yowl, a cry that cut through the sounds of battle. Ed followed the sound to the middle of the deck, his senses on high alert for a sudden blade or a cocked pistol, when he saw M digging around a mound of fishing nets. No, a demon, tightly bound in a net, next to an injured man with a cut noose around his neck, clad in blood-stained white clothes. M turned her lamplight eyes to him as he walked over and looked down at the man gasping for breath at his feet. The gentleman pirate, I presume. The man gaped at him. You've heard of me? He said, with something of surprise in his voice, as if he had not told the dread pirate Blackbeard to suck eggs in hell, whatever the fuck that meant. Oh yeah, I've heard of you, Ed said, staring down at the man who bested Izzy for a British hostage, angered Spanish Jackie, and dared to rebuff him. The man grinned at him before his eyes closed. M was still perched on top of the mess of rope and demon, so the man wasn't dead, but he would be, for sure, without assistance. Ed crouched down, running his fingers lightly over the now filthy coat where the bloodstain was the deepest color. Who was this madman? Back on the ship, Izzy tried to inform him about the crew, but Ed ignored him, keeping a hand on his pistol while his men carried the injured captain to his stateroom with barely a word. 
The gentleman pirate's stateroom was outrageous, but looking around could wait. Ed followed as they laid the captain in his bed, fighting a fever and the sizable wound in his gut. Finland Tom and this ship's cook were good with a wound, but one never knew when the sickness would fester and grow. Ed watched him from his bedside, while M prowled around the captain's quarters on her little cat feet. Steed Bonnet was an enigma. He had a fireplace on a wooden boat surrounded by books, and just as M said, a cloud-white dog demon, still dirty with powder and soot. He'd never seen this kind of demon before, but Finland Tom said he had. Many a Frenchman kept such dogs of all sizes, especially the aristocrats. Thought we'd seen it all out here, Ed told M once Bonnet was patched up and they were alone again. Piracy attracts the same types. Snakes like Izzy's flint, seabirds aplenty, vicious terriers, stoats, rodents, even an octopus or two. He'd seen former slaves with great big jungle cats and lady pirates with colorful poisonous frogs. And of course, cats like M, every color of tabby under the fucking sun. Never a fancy demon with a haircut, fur cut around her legs and tail, and a blood-stained ribbon around her neck. M came back over, hopping on the little bedside table, fluffy tail swishing at the tip while she looked over the feverish man and his demon tucked in next to his head. It was nice to be in sync again, their curiosity strong now that the gentleman pirate was in their sights. It's nice, like they don't even care about being a proper pirate, M said. Everyone is the same, pirates and merchants and naval men. Yeah, those guys are dicks, Ed agreed, sitting down in a chair by the bed. He stroked her back a few times before she twisted out of reach to the floor. Should go outside, M said, still staring at the bed. Wind's changed. You should go read the clouds. He didn't need to ask if she was staying put. The moment he got up, she took his place in the chair, filling the whole seat with her bulk. The crew wasn't as bad as Izzy had said, though they were reeking and covered in rope. The fellow with the bear demon was here, and they even had a bird guy with an actual seagull instead of a demon. Truly wild. M met him outside the stateroom, and they dug through a curio cabinet full of weird shit. Flint was slithering circles around M's feet to get her attention, just as Izzy was trying to get Ed's. M was nicer about it, crouched by Ed's boots as Flint talked in her ear. Ed watched them dream as the fever took Bonnet, him muttering in his sleep while his demon twitched and whined beside him. M stayed close, perched on Ed's thigh, and watched silently, whiskers twitching. They couldn't ignore something new, and Ed was going to wait until this curious man awoke. Ed had already figured out how they would avoid the Spanish ships that were no doubt on their tail, so this was a better mystery altogether. It was nice for once, not to know what was going to happen and how. M moved suddenly from his lap to the bed, curled up like a sugar loaf to stare at Bonnet's demon, who was still asleep, legs twitching. More importantly, solid. Not the fog and sun fading demons did during a slow death. Ed moved to the edge of the bed next to her. Bonnet would wake soon, and he wanted to be there when he did. When Bonnet did awake, he first asked about his crew, then asked if Ed worked for Blackbeard. Ed looked at M, who laughed because it was possibly the most absurd question they'd ever been asked, as if the leather and the beard, more gray than black now, were not a giveaway. Something else new, not being recognized. 
No sudden fear, just the same curiosity that he felt towards Bonnet. M crept back into his lap, purring. A new game. He did, in a way, work for Blackbeard. Bonnet introduced himself and his demon, Damasina, who crawled over Steed's legs to look at them. Myrtle, M said, which she never went by. Only his mum's demon ever called her that. Hell, Ed rarely called her that. Steed's eyes lit up. Like the flower, how marvelous, Steed's demon said, her voice deeper than he'd expected. Now that Steed was up, Ed could properly look around. M followed Damasina around, asking about her haircut, whiskers twitching in amusement. She hadn't told him anything about what she'd found, besides where the decanter of liquor was. She certainly hadn't told him about the secret room, and from her own surprised gasp, she hadn't known. Damasina's tail wagged, the ridiculous bit of fluff at the top moving as fast as a flag in high wind. They were showing off, but Ed didn't care because it was the kind of shit people talked about but no one ever fucking did. Hidden caches for gold or the booze, yes. Anything else would be a wildly impractical use of space. M leapt up on his shoulder to see the racks of clothing, the high shelves, her eyes wide and unblinking in amazement. Ed liked being Steed Bonnet. The pants were soft and the shirt was soft and the black tie was a perfect touch. M watched him silently from the floor, brushing against the leather buckled shoes he wore. I have something for you too, if you'd like, Steed said to M, opening a box that was filled with colorful ribbons and digging out one that was the same pink as his pants. They're a little wide because Damasina has a strong neck, but I think it should do. That felt like a step too far, suggesting anything to adorn M. Naw, mate, that's... Ed said, but M cut him off with a glare. She hopped up on one of the plush footstools. Ed, a half-knot should do, M said. Steed handed Ed the ribbon. More silk. He ran it between his fingers before loosely tying it around M's neck under her chin. She had a great deal of fur around her chest and neck like a lion, and the ribbon only emphasized it. M shook her head, and when the ribbon didn't come loose, she leapt down to the floor to show off a bit. Lovely, Steed said, and there was a warmth in his voice that caused a weird feeling in Ed's chest. M began to purr. His day was looking up. Even with Izzy's buzzing anger, Ed was having fun. He was going to impress everyone when the fog rolled in and he revealed that they were in the clear from the Spanish fleet, and M was in high spirits, draped around his shoulders like a fine fur. Fucking leap year. He was glad to have M tucked on his chest while he drank Steed's excellent brandy and toasted their impending demise. A shame to have met someone so imaginative, so fascinating, the same day he was going to die. He rubbed M's right ear, the one with the V-shaped notch at the top, while he contemplated that his legacy would end in such a normal, piratey way. Not even eaten by tigers. A true shame. M was boneless from the drinking, eyes half-closed but still listening as Steed came in. It would be nice, at least, to die with Steed Bonnet, the most original pirate he'd ever met. Ed sobered up just as he felt all of M's front claws on his chest as the idea came to them. They needed to be a lighthouse. 
When Ed woke up in the crow's nest, Em was at his side, all four paws pressed against his thigh and her back against Steed's demon. Ed had the same feeling in his belly as he had during Yardie's when he jumped off the boom. Sudden weightlessness, then terror and exhilaration. She was a prickly sort, Em, always at a distance from other demons and less in a fight. Even Jack's Gemma, who she got along with like fire and lamp oil, she didn't touch outside of fighting or their nonstop posturing for dominance. Yet here she was, practically cuddling Steed's demon. Ed wasn't about to leave this ship until he puzzled out why, and teaching Steed about piracy was the perfect cover, telling Izzy that it was all a lark, an even better one. It was a lie, a great one. He'd sailed with Izzy too many years not to know what to say and what carrot to dangle. Let them think this was just a passing fancy before a greater fuckery. He'd done it before, got bored of a game and ended it, playing with his food, Em would say, as if she didn't do the same. The Dread Pirate Blackbeard didn't have a demon. He had a witch cursed to his side. Teaching Steed how to pirate was fun. He'd forgotten how much fun it was to show a new pirate the ropes. Learning how to be a fancy man was less fun, mainly because there was less maiming involved and more memorization. Em wasn't even at the table with him this time. She was helping Fang's huge bat demon subdue the captain's goose demon. The moment the captain dared call him a donkey, Em had her teeth in the neck of the goose demon while Fang's demon squeezed her. If Steed wasn't there, he would have stabbed the fucking goose with one of the snail forks while the captain screamed. Instead, he sent Fang to deal with it. Em moved to follow before she looked back at him, questions in her eyes that he was mad at her for even asking. He waved his hand at her in dismissal, and she left. There was a suit on the merchant ship that fit him, and Steed had ribbons that matched for his beard and showed him how to tie a bow around Em's neck with a knot that would come undone in any fight. There was no hiding the notch in her ear or the scar across her nose, but brushing her fur out helped. She looked like a pewter statue or the subject of a grand portrait. You clean up well, Jeff, she said, joining him on the settee while Steed was in the washroom. Damascena had a blue ribbon around her neck and another bow on top of her head. Steed had a little brush that made her curly fur look more like a cloud. Unbidden, Ed wondered if she was as soft as he always imagined clouds would be, like silk or cashmere. M, from his side, laid one paw on his thigh and extended her claws in warning. He glared at her, and she glared back before getting up to rub her head along Damascena's shoulder. There were five other people with poodle demons at the fancy party, all different sizes and colors, plus one actual poodle somehow dyed pink. He could tell M was itching to go talk to them. She had to stay close, though. Aristocrats didn't have demons that could travel the length of a warship to claw out the eyes of an Englishman's hound demon or sniff out loot two decks below. None of them clean up as well as Damascena, though, she said in a low voice, resting her head in the crook of his shoulder. Whatever the fuck phrenology was, it was more boring than he had initially thought. Steed was just touching some woman's head while she stroked her brown rabbit demon and everyone watched. Damascena was at Steed's heel, looking alert, but her tail was almost tucked under her. And the champagne he was promised had not appeared. He regretted not bringing his pipe aboard. But then, the tides changed, and suddenly he was the center of attention, having a laugh. Em didn't stray far, and let the other demons approach her without a single hiss. 
He didn't usually get nervous, but trying to suss out how to eat dinner made his stomach turn. M crouched in his lap, tense. Ed, I don't like this anymore, M said, almost too low to hear, as he mulled over all the different forks. The setup was different than what Steed showed him earlier. And where the fuck was Steed? There's something in the air. It's like when the winds shift before a storm. Shut up. It's just all the fucking perfume. It was giving him a headache. That or the champagne. If you're not going to help, go find Steed. M didn't leave. She dug her claws into his thigh and the velvet was thin enough that she might have drawn blood. She was on edge about something. He ignored her, guessing which fork to use for a fucking prawn, until he realized they were laughing at him. All of the rage from this morning roared up in him. As if he wasn't rich and didn't deserve nice things and new friends and silk ribbons. M began to growl and none of the posh fucks recognized the killer whale in their midst. Fucking Jeff. M was sharpening her claws on the deck while he loaded his gun when Steed yelled at him again. Damasina stepped right up to M's face to growl something at her, and instead of clawing Damasina in the face, M froze. Between her stillness and Steed's sharp tone, all the wind left his sails. Frenchie kept up a running commentary about how rich people were dicks while he stroked his own cat demon, until Ed calmed down enough to find Steed so they could leave, which was how he found the utter chaos Steed had created with just his words. M sat in his lap in the dinghy on the way back, staring at Damasina, who wagged her tail for the first time since they stepped foot at that party ship. The moon was full and he was standing on deck, touching the bit of silk from his mother. Despite her constant assurance that fine things were not for people like them, she'd still named his demon after a fancy flower. M leapt up on the rail and under his arm, and he scratched her head. She didn't say anything, but started to purr under his hand, nosing the bit of silk. Brushed out like she was, M's fur felt nearly as soft as the cloth in his hand. He stroked her with one hand and stared at the silk until he heard Steed's shoes on deck. He grabbed M, feeling exposed as Steed walked up to him in the bright moonlight. She hopped out of his arms and on deck, Damasina lowering her head while Steed tucked the bit of silk right over his heart. Everything cleared up like adjusting a spyglass. Steed felt it too. Ed kept his eyes on Steed as he leaned in, but Steed stiffened, whole face afraid, and nope, not the time. Ed patted him on the shoulder and turned to go back to the storeroom he'd claimed as his own. He kept the door cracked as M didn't immediately follow. By the time she came back, he was swaying in his hammock, confused and half-hard. They're both idiots she said, hopping up on a barrel right under the port window. Neither of them have any idea. Damasina wouldn't even look at me, just tucked tail and ran. An idea of what? Ed had been busy stroking both the velvet and the silk against his chest. For fuck's sake, not you too. A rhythmic scratching started up, probably sharpening her claws on one of the barrels. You're attracted to him. So? I have eyes. Don't think it's like that for him, Ed said. M was still scratching up something, clearly frustrated, so he unbuttoned his pants and, half a dozen strokes later, spilled over his knuckles. As soon as he'd wiped up with the hem of his fancy shirt, M leapt into the hammock. Did you think about him? M asked while she tucked herself against his ribs. 
Fuck off, he said, softer than he'd intended. Steed was like porcelain teacups and champagne and cashmere rolled into one, the finest thing that Ed knew. He could ruin it with a thought. This is temporary, a laugh, he told her. Don't get any ideas. Like staying? Like getting close? She asked, and he didn't have to say anything to that. Blackbeard didn't have a demon. The kraken came and ate her up. You're not going to kill him, Em said, watching him stab the rail over and over again. I am, Izzy's right, Ed said. Better to end it now than for Steed to decide, like everyone else, that Ed wasn't worth a damn. Better to send Steed to doggy heaven. I won't let you, she said, and he scoffed. How, exactly? You're useless at it. Fuck you, too, Em hissed, turning tail to walk away along the rail. He didn't watch her go. She was a coward, his demon. That night had been terrible. The rain and the moon and the sheer effort it had taken to strangle his dad until his mean little mouse demon exploded in a shower of gold sparks. Ed had felt such a terrible pain in his chest, in his heart, and when he looked for M, she had been backing away, eyes wide. He'd stumbled towards her, trying to get some slack in the invisible rope that connected them, but she'd turned around and run, further than ever before, and he fell to his knees screaming from the pain in his chest. He'd looked up to see her yards away up the dock before disappearing down an alleyway. Never had Ed been so alone. He tried not to think about it. Em never brought it up. But the faux tentacle smacking on the windows of Steed's stateroom was too much, with the memory of that night closer to the surface of his thoughts than it had been in years, like a rotten thing in the sea. He was crying, clutching Steed's robe when she hopped into the tub with him. Ed! she said softly, and he grabbed her, clutched her to his shoulder while she said sorry over and over again. She stopped when Steed arrived and Ed stared at her fur to avoid Steed's gaze. Damasino was at Steed's side, and Steed had one hand on Ed's head. It was still there when Steed forgave him, and Ed leaned his cheek on Steed's hand. They were all silent for a moment, Em nuzzling him on one cheek, Steed's hand under his other, before they had to emerge to see the crew. This is your fault, Em said from the rail as Izzy and Steed dueled, too busy flirting to show him real swordsmanship. Like you weren't doing the same, Ed whispered at her. Izzy was a master with a blade, and his demon flint wove around Izzy trying to bite the exposed bits of Damascena's skin. Steed was holding his own, but Ed had seen this play out hundreds of times. He turned his back, unable to watch Steed die. M still watched and moved out of his reach. It hurt to banish Izzy, but Steed was happy and M was happy, so Ed was happy too. The Dread Pirate Blackbeard didn't have a demon. She ran away because no one could live with a monster like that. It was different this time with Jack. M was weirdly cold to Gemma, but it could also have been that he'd drunk enough that she was drunk too. Still, she playfully swatted at Gemma and followed along to the beach and later back to the ship. Button's wailing sobered Ed up. Carl had been like his demon, and Jack had killed him. Ed looked down at Em, who was perched on the rail. 
Their eyes met, and he knew she wanted to stay, so he reached for her before she could bolt, slowed by the hours and hours of drinking. She started to struggle, and he felt sick and embarrassed. On top of all this, he didn't need anyone to see him fight with his demon. He couldn't look at Steed, at anyone, so with his hand digging in the loose fold at the back of her neck, he dropped down into the dinghy. The next morning was rough. He was too old to drink that much and too old to sleep directly on the sand. He expected M to have swum back to the revenge, so to see her, folded up on a nearby rock, flicking her whole tail angrily, was a relief. She'd never outright left him before, but he'd seen it happen. Pirates who looked older than their age, who drank too much and took too many risks because their own hearts had moved to calmer waters. He sat up against the rock she was on, not saying anything. This was a mistake, she said. No, this is who we are, he said, as if she wasn't completely correct. Not anymore, she said. I liked who we were becoming. Jack came back empty-handed from his half-hearted attempt to find breakfast, and Gemma tried her hardest to get Em to respond to her, darting around and pulling on her tail. Em ignored her. Lucius came with a box of the few things added left on the ship, his pipe and tobacco tin, an unusual shell Steed had given him, and some things he'd pocketed from the French ship. Em got up and walked a few steps, and this was it. She would leave and Steed would have two demons and Ed would have none, a shell of a man. Ed wouldn't blame her. She stopped, though, turning her head back to him and turned around. Jack was being the worst, and Gemma no better. Em was puffed up beside him in the sand. They made for the dinghy Jack had rode in on, and Gemma pulled her tail again, and Em pounced on Gemma in a fury. Gemma laughed, and so did Jack as the two of them rolled around in the sand. Normally, they were evenly matched, but Em was actually pulling out bits of Gemma's fur. It was like Gemma was being attacked by a gray blur. Jack stepped up like he was going to grab Em, and even though it had happened once before, Ed did not like Jack touching her. Ed pulled Em off himself and came away with scratches on both arms. The liquor, the restless sleep, the lack of food, and Em's thunderous mood all made Ed feel like shit. He made Jack row. Gemma sat with her tongue hanging out and a stupid look on her face, even though Em had scratched the shit out of her too. That was why he didn't notice Em tense up beside him as Jack revealed that he'd betrayed them. Fucking Izzy. The last thing Ed heard before diving into the water was Gemma's scream as Em attacked her again. Even with that, Em was already clawing her way up the hull just as Ed arrived, yelling at them to hoist a white flag. The look on Steed's face was worth whatever would come next. Then a flurry of activity, and then the British. They didn't fight, he and Em, and while the demons of the British were barking orders all around them, Em and Damascena lay down between Ed and Steed, side by side. Blackbeard the pirate didn't have a demon. Or, he did once, but he locked her in a cedar box and threw her in the ocean. Em stayed in his arms for the whole ordeal, until the British had Steed against the rails for the firing squad. Do something, she hissed into his ear. He didn't say anything, and she jumped from his shoulders to the deck to crouch near a trembling Damascena. There was a moment where Ed watched M nuzzle Damascena in her last moments, where time felt like it had stopped. 
Steed would soon be gone from this world, and with him all color and softness and joy. Ed would go back to being Blackbeard until some lucky fucker killed him. M turned her head, and he could read her thoughts as clearly as he had when they were young. We can't let this end. We just found it. M was with him constantly now, partly not to give away how far she could go, but also because they were both finally on the same page. Save Steed, live another day. Don't worry about being Blackbeard, just be Ed with Steed. When he kissed Steed, M purred and rolled around on her back while Damascena tentatively licked her head. This had been the right choice, a clean break from their old lives, just the ocean and two co-captains. Only, Steed never showed. M blamed herself, and in the rowboat, Ed blamed her too. You should have told them, he grunted as he hauled on the oars. You should have stayed with him. The pain in his chest was worse than being stabbed, worse than M clawing herself away from him when he'd become the Kraken all those years ago. At this moment, on the dawn-painted sea, he'd rather have Steed than Edward Teach's own treacherous heart. You should have taken him with you, M crouched, facing land with her back to him, as if Steed was just dallying behind. You should have kissed him again, for fuck's sake. That's what Ed regretted. He hadn't kissed many people on the mouth, and the times that he'd wanted to kiss Steed were numerous. What if Steed wanted reassurance? The way forward wasn't clear, and he'd fucked it up. Or was too fucked up. Maybe Steed only wanted Blackbeard. Had he ever felt this bad before? M looked as bad as he did, sticky with marmalade and ungroomed, sitting on his bare chest. He knew how it must look, and he didn't care. He felt better after singing, with M in his lap and the support of the crew. Then Izzy had to ruin it. What the fuck is wrong with him? I can't believe he threatened us. Ed looked at her, sitting on the cushion that was the door to his pathetic tent, daintily licking one paw and rubbing it over her face, so very relaxed. You're getting soft. You're supposed to keep track of what's going on, he said, anger rising up in him. I like being soft. Sneaking around the ship, threatening other demons is exhausting, Em said. You missed Jack's betrayal, and now this. He waved his arm toward the door, toward the dock that Steed never showed up to. You've been useless for weeks. Em's ears were pulled back now. This is what we wanted. Not to be Blackbeard. Not to have to cut the toes off of everyone who complained. And now we're in danger, he spat at her. And Steed's... He couldn't even bring himself to say it. And all this crying, feeling shit is not helping. He picked up one of the empty rum bottles and threw it at the far wall where it shattered. I thought it was, she said after a moment. I like this, Ed. You're the only one, he said and walked out. He didn't return until after dark, plans set in his head and Lucius pushed overboard. She was asleep in the blanket fort, curled up on a purple cashmere scarf. She didn't open her eyes when Ed stepped inside. Been thinking about Izzy, she said. We should lock him up until we meet up with our other ship. Let him have it. Grab the useful men and go. Iz doesn't understand how to avoid mutiny. Hmm, good idea, but I have a better one, he said. She opened her eyes, but he grabbed the scarf with both hands, trapping her inside. Ed, what are you doing? She hissed as she struggled. He couldn't tell if her tone was anger or fear. 
He didn't care. Becoming the Kraken, he said, and turned to open the auxiliary wardrobe. M was really fighting now, cursing him and making tiny rips in the wool. He held her at arm's length as he stepped inside and knocked over with one elbow the chest that was up on a shelf. Steed told him it was for his cashmere, that the cedar kept the moths away. Ed didn't tell him about the other things cedar was used for on ships, in naval brigs or slaving ships or smugglers' holds. M had stopped struggling. Ed, Ed, please, let me out and let's talk about this. He was over-talking. He didn't say anything as he dropped her and the scarf in the chest and shut the lid. She called his name and he could hear her scratching even with the wardrobe's hidden door closed. Cedar made Demon sleepy, and by the time he dressed in his spare coat and covered his recently shorn chin with boot blacking, she was quiet. Good. She was soft, despite her aloofness. Made him soft. He was done with soft. He was alone when he cut off Izzy's toe for his insubordination. He was alone when he sent half the crew off in the dinghy, but none of them were alarmed. Idiots. Not even Izzy was alarmed when M didn't show up the next day or the one after that. Flint stayed relaxed, coiled around Izzy's neck. Ed hated how close Flint and Izzy were, but he didn't let it show. He didn't let many of his feelings show. The Dread Pirate Blackbeard didn't have a demon. Blackbeard was a monster, a nightmare made flesh, a specter. He had no soul. The end. Thank you all so much for listening. We will be back on January 2nd with episode one of season two of the Gay Pirate Podcast. If you want more of us, if you want more of Jesse's fanfic, if you want more of me reading out loud to you, patreon.com slash hashtag ruthless is the place for you. Again, follow us on Instagram at hashtag ruthlesspods. Our website is hashtag ruthless.com. There's a ton of information there. You can find the rest of our podcasts and ways to support us that aren't Patreon. Everything is linked in the show notes. And until next time, farewell, Bonnet's Playthings. Things.